You're tuned in to the KNGI Network, and it's time for Vipers VGM Journey.
Good evening one and all and welcome to a brand new edition of Viper's VGM Chair. Now as always, I'm sure you know this by now, I'm your host, The Green Viper, and this is a show where we delve into the world of video games as I try to expand my horizons into new territories and to be honest, I'd say this is a pretty new one for me tonight, but I'm not the one who's the most unfamiliar with the concept, so to everyone listening, welcome in, and we're going to be talking today about the game that you've just had two tracks from at start there. We'll be talking about Tren. Now I'll explain exactly what that is momentarily, but before then, at the start of the show, you heard Tiny Towels, and afterwards you heard Tren Harp. Now, a lot of confusion already as to what this is, and that makes complete sense. Even if you caught last week's episode, I'm not sure how much you'd understand the explanation. But regardless, um, Trent is a brand new game featured within the already existing game known as Dreams. Uh, released in about 2020, I think, for the PS4. It's framework to make your own games, made in a somewhat simplistic way inside something that still has... A little bit of substance as a game but for the most part it is just a tool set uh, to make it user friendly and easy to create games and game experiences it's really really its closest uh, adversary in the game design sense is something like Roblox and how its experiences work which I suspect if you're not familiar with dreams you'll be even less familiar uh, knowing my audience with Roblox and that was something that I had to kind of become accustomed to this time well not even this time last year like a year and a half ago uh, when the official Sonic Roblox game dropped and it's not a world or a side of game design I've ever really experimented before with in my life and as such um, Dreams following a very similar format albeit um, it's a paid for game there's no in-game purchases anything like that so it's a bit more of a nice friendly walled garden rather than Roblox's constant uh, you know, Robux scams, uh, purchasing of said Robux, stuff like that. It's just a nice, cosy environment. Um, once you pay your £30 or whatever you're in, and you can come and play and develop games. So, yeah, like mentioned, not something that ever really took my interest when it came out, and certainly not really anything that was too interesting post-launch either for me. I never saw anything that really pushed me over that edge, but... Uh, the, the one thing, the one pedigree it had for me personally was the development by Media Molecule, the team behind perhaps most famously uh, Little Big Planet and Tearaway. So, two very prestigious games that already, at least in the case of Little Big Planet, had a big emphasis on customization and creation modes, and in that case, it was a smash hit. Dreams didn't go so well, to be honest with you. It seemed to get stuck in development hell since at least 2013, because appeared in all of the early promos for the uh, PS4's reveals and stuff like that and eventually we would see it right at the end of the life cycle because as you know 2020 was also the year the PS5 came out. To this day there hasn't been a PS5 version or enhancement and likewise with Sony's recent push for things to come to PC you would have thought keyboard and mouse would have made perfect sense for something like this yet it's been nowhere to be seen. 
and you can tell it didn't go too well as this September just gone by we had the end of support announcement. So while the servers will remain live and no one's creations will be touched anything like that, um, the wide scale support from all of Media Molecule and the teams within has been pulled and they're working towards their next title instead. So previously you would have like uh, curated uh, games of the week, games of the month etc. You'd have a lot of dedicated uh, media presence on their social medias and live streams and stuff like that. Um, you'd have them regularly developing their own stuff and hosting their own award shows and things like this. Um, sadly that's all been pulled back because I don't know the project just didn't go as well as I think everyone involved would have liked it to. No part due to the fact that Sony has been horrid in promoting this game I'd say. I remember seeing it on store shelves day one and then practically not a peep out of Sony themselves afterwards. I get the feeling they just wanted to get this out there and over and done with and it is over and done with now because minus Media Molecule frequently posting on their own Twitters. I've not seen much promo about the Dreams platform itself and spoilers, I've not seen much promo about Trent. So that's where Trent fits into the story. It's a game on Dreams. Um, made by Media Molecule and Beach Corp, one of the teams within it themselves. So, you know, some really high pedigree working on this game, but it's more of a send-off to Dreams. It, I did look this up in the run-up to the show. It was announced all the way back two years ago, so presumably took a little bit of time, and I don't think they'd quite anticipated it would end up the way it did, but it's effectively become the swan song for the service, as it was released the day before or the same day as, I can't quite remember, uh, as the game went free for the month on PS Plus. It was one of either August or September's free PS Plus games, so launched right in time for a big rush of users who never would have played the game before and can do so for technically free because they're already paying for the service anyway. Just in time for them to come and check it out, it's plastered all over the front pages, so perfect to explore. And that's where I come into it as well. I had no, once again, no interest in this game until uh, I heard the buzz about this one. And in fact, like the main Dreams game itself, it was a very small one. Only from someone I know who was already quite invested in Little Big Planet did I hear that apparently this was the best game that they'd made since the first Little Big Planet or the second one, whichever one you think is your favourite. You know, there's been a lot of stuff they've released between now and then, and some someone told me that they thought it was their favourite that they've ever done. So that's a really high, that's really high praise from someone who already loves the socks off of some of their earlier work. So I was invested in checking this out, but I didn't want to pay for PS Plus for a month and try and run through it that way. I wanted it on disc, so I went out and found one eventually, and it took me a while to get around to it because I wanted to be back by my PS5 um, since the game runs way better on there. It really struggles on base PS4 and even Pro, unfortunately. So getting it on PS5, while there isn't a PS5 patch or an upgrade or anything like that, it does just smooth out the experience and make it way nice to play, although it is still perfectly playable on last gen as well, as long as you set the settings accordingly. So yeah, that's really the background going into this one, and I'll talk about my actual thoughts about the game itself. You know how it is next segment, but just wanted to explain that thing real quick because for a lot of people it's a really strange concept to do a show on but you know ignore the fact that it's a game within a game it is still the game that we're talking about on tonight's episode and some really good stuff it's once again for that game in a game concept you normally think of something like maybe a minecraft server a roblox game something like that you wouldn't therefore expect something of that standard that equivalent to have 
a 40 song soundtrack that was released on all streaming services and yet that's exactly what you got here. We're bringing you 10 of the songs on tonight's show so that's only a quarter of all of them and it's a vibe let me tell you there's a lot of slow jams in here but there's also some upbeat goodness as well so we'll be getting through all of that on tonight's episode of the show. And indeed, if you do like what you hear, then I'd say please go ahead and give Dreams a purchase if you can. It's a super cheap game and it might be worth your time if you enjoyed any of their previous titles or you just like um, puzzle solving exploration games because it's kind of the nearest category I could equate it to, honestly. Uh, so if you like anything like that, it might be worth a purchase. But even if you don't go ahead and do that, if you like the music, go and give it a stream, go and give it a purchase, whatever you want to do. It's available on all good services. Um, it's a really good soundtrack. I'd recommend it. It's worth your time. Even if you, you know, you come away liking the 10 songs, there's still 30 more for you to go, to go and listen to later on. You know, that's how it works. I want to give a big thank you to everyone who's listening in live to tonight's show. We've got a lovely Discord server, of course. That is kngi.org forward slash Discord. And you can come and chat with both Purvis and Pocket Lurry. But anyone else who's lurking around joins us later or you're listening on the podcast or any other combination of possibilities as well a big old thank you to you also want to give a shout out to everyone who could be chatting over on twitter or mastodon you've got both of those places available to you it's at vipers on x and also using hashtag vipers or twitter depending on how stubborn you are that works as well and we are on Mastodon Vipers VGM chat at the VIP Vipers.space. Both places you can get in touch with us on tonight's episode. Let's get on with it, shall we, though? Because the music really is the main star for the most part here, because I can't talk about the game just yet, and I've explained all of the background details I think you need to know. So let's jump into Hello Tren right about now, followed by a bit of Cozy Cassette right here on Vipers VGM chat.
And we are back. Uh, some trend tracks there. Quite literally what the album is called. Uh, that was Cozy Cassette. And before that was Hello Trend. And now we're back and it's time to talk about what exactly I thought about the game itself. And I've been asked to describe by Purvis what is trend. And the easiest way I guess you could describe it and an important one to therefore add to the review is... The closest, you know, main genre it follows is a puzzle game, and it's a puzzle game by heart, so you have to traverse your little train on wooden tracks, uh, your toy train should I say, around the uh, terrain, quite often having to interact with objects, pick things up, place things off, uh, you know, cargo, removal and removal, etc. Um, all interacting with the environments to, like, open up gates, move bridges, um generally progress through the levels and open up new paths for yourself. That's really the easiest way of explaining it. I don't know too many other games too like it because they're either too way realistic of a train simulator uh, or they're on the other side, extremely puzzle game. You know, there's not quite an in-between because you can't quite uh, equate it to any other genres as much per se because I don't really think it fits anything else. It's worth just looking up gameplay or second opinions on it because I don't want to just regurgitate what someone else has said and gone look this is my homework passing it off as mine now because I wouldn't quite be fair but it's quite a hard game to distill into various properties it's just a puzzle game with elements of train cargo delivering it's a bit of a blend between the two of course in a 3d space rather than a 2d space you've got like track switching and all that sort of stuff um, Otherwise, yeah, for the most part, it is a very difficult game to describe because I've not played much else like it and I'm not aware of much else like it. And that's why it occupies not only this unique space because of that, well, but because what we've mentioned before, it's not a large scale game, but it's certainly a larger scale game than has ever been attempted in Dreams and really in most similar formats. Like, I, I'm sure it's happened, but I've never heard of huge official Roblox experiences by the team having, like, so much effort and dedication and resources put into them. Maybe there has been, but I've never heard of it. And indeed, the closest you can equate it to resource-wise is maybe, like, those big Fortnite events they do every now and then in live service games and the similar. Um, but mainly in that one, that's the only one I can think of that really does anything, you know, quite to the same, hey, look, we're the official dev team, even though there's a creative mode, we put a lot of resources into this creative mode to create something within it. That's makes it so unique in a way, because why didn't they just drop this as its own thing? And well, the answer is, is because it was made using these development tools. It wasn't made with outside ones. It was made to show off what they could do, but obviously ended up taking way too long and the service kind of died with it. Uh, not long after release, only about a month after release, so yeah, it's quite sad in that way that it took so long and didn't quite have the second wind effect that perhaps they were going for with it, but otherwise it's this really interesting untapped potential and uh, that potential is going to remain untapped because while the game itself is great, it's not had the splash that anyone really would have hoped it would have and it was all too little too late by the time it was here unfortunately so uh, yeah I can't really say too much more beyond that but um, so yeah it's very light on because uh, Purvis said the sound is great it's very light on the um, on the train cargo delivery 
um, I was going to say spectrum, that doesn't quite feel right, but you know what I mean, the the scale, it's not like super Denshin to go or whatever, train simulator, it's probably just called train simulator, isn't it, whatever western one you'd go with, but uh, it's not quite anywhere near to that scale, but certainly there is elements of, oh hey, there's cargo over here, pick it up, and this scale has to detect you've got three objects and then it comes with you. Um, and likewise, there's towards the end of the game, there's a lot of like, uh, I don't even know what you'd call them, but just you know, water tanks. Your truck is a water tank and you've got to fill it up. Um, and then, you know, one gate will let you through, the next one won't, and the whole thing is trying to get rid of the. Uh, trying to get rid of the cargo, but also you can push said cargo into buttons for you so you can leave it there and use that to solve the puzzle. There's a lot of puzzles relating to, hey, manage to stay on the track, because there's complexity obviously in the controls. Oh, there isn't complexity in the normal control scheme, but that's sometimes where the puzzles come from, is creating complexities due to the physics system, the way things work. Um, so there's that, there's a whole bunch of other vehicles as well that you can use to interact with the environment. Like There's a helicopter, there's a plane. Uh, there's other trains that you can use as well. You can switch back and forth between them to open up an area for each train. There is also a ferry, I think, that appears in like one level and then is never used again. It's very weird. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else uh, to kind of sell the idea, but yeah, that's the main gist of the game anyway. Those two core concepts um, and also, yeah, a tech demo for showing off what the service can do because I'm not quite sure. Uh, once again, I'm showing my extreme unfamiliarity with Dreams as a whole here, but I'm not really sure if Media Molecule had ever done anything like this before. Uh, I mentioned that the first announcement of this was like around June, July 2021, so that's about a year and a bit into the game's life cycle. I think it was January, February it came out, because I remembered seeing it. The only time I ever remember seeing it front and centre on store shelves was going into work on release day. Oh, sorry, going into game after work on release day. Um, I remember it must have been January or February, because 2020, and I was going in after work. <laughs> that was the only time I did that that year. It was also pitch black, so it must have been around then. Yeah, I, not within maybe a week that display was down, and it went straight onto the shelf of miscellaneous PS4 games. I really didn't get any time in the spotlights at all. So, even officially, I don't remember any advertising, promotion, really anything of that sort. Indeed, the same then proceeded to apply to Trend. A severe lack of it, only word of mouth pushed around. And I did look up, but apparently multiple sites did review it at the time, but certainly Sony's social media feed was a little bit quiet on the whole subject. Um, you'd really have to go to Media Molecule and the team, uh, Beach Corp, within them um, to have a look and see what this game was all about, or even to know it existed, because despite Dreams being on PS Plus being quite loud because hey, please download this to bolster the uh, engagement base on it or whatever. Um, aside from that, I didn't actually go, hey, Dreams is free, plus there's a whole free new game that came out yesterday. It was just, hey, this is free on PS Plus along with two games you might also enjoy more. Please enjoy. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of a shame, really. But now that I've explained that, did I enjoy the game? And that's quite a critical part of the review section, unsurprisingly. Yeah. There's times where due to the delivery and dropping off aspect of the game that it can get a bit tiring uh, to go through the same thing. And the game generally tries to, um, you know, rouse you up, get you all excited again by introducing these new concepts each time. You know, the puzzles scale in complexity, but they also scale in set pieces each time, whether that be 
new areas because you go to a whole bunch of new areas throughout the game, including later on in the game uh, reference levels. There's a whole level heavily based on the first level of Little Big Planet One. Uh, the see, it's not just Henry VIII, but it's certainly the UK level, and that's a big part of it. Um, so there's, it's got all the music as well, and all the sound effects, the 2D perspective, and uh, the checkpoints. Literally every part meticulously recreated at the first level, but with Tren as the main character instead of Sackboy. It was really cool. And indeed, there were other levels uh, based on other properties as well. I think there was a Tearaway one, but I never quite unlocked it. Um, so that's, that was a big draw for a lot of people as well. And I don't think that should be the only draw, but that's also really smile-inducing. And that's what this game does the most. The world building here, without saying a word, is top-notch. Um, in terms of the presentation, the visual way everything looks, even the way the soundtrack all melds into it, and uh, there's like always a visual effect of like this grainy look. It's not just the typical VHS effect you see slapped on every artist's, <laughs> every SoundCloud artist's uh, YouTube upload. It is like a really nice grainy fuzzy effect that just induces that feeling of nostalgia without ever having been there because why am I nostalgic for this? I'm nostalgic for playing with the toy trains and that's exactly what it's trying to get across but I know you know this isn't from my childhood this is a game that I bought yesterday um, <laughs> from, a, <laughs> from a CEX on my birthday that was uh, when I eventually ended up getting this um, you know, so maybe there'll be nostalgia for that down in the line, but certainly uh, it really evokes this warm feeling in you, and that's something I appreciate a lot about it. It does so much character building without having well, any physical characters there. It just builds the character of the world and the setting and the location, and every little set piece just has so much detail, and it goes a long way to crafting this hand-built experience that really feels like big professional package despite being free once again because it still blows my mind free within another dying title it's just super cool um that they managed to push this out with no compromises even despite that um but yeah they scale up the intensity of the puzzles towards the end and i think my biggest issue with that is uh this is a complaint i've had quite a lot in the past seven days i think there's a lack of checkpoints in some areas and don't get me wrong um we've had a good old moan about that in sonic frontiers uh the final horizon nowhere near to that scale but there were a couple times towards the end of the game where I there's definitively two parts of a level and I would complete what was the first part of the level flawlessly after like one or two minutes and then I'd have a problem in the second half and I'd have to reset the entire thing. And there you go, one to two minutes progress lost. And it's not all that... Well, it's not all that annoying, but it gets a bit jarring and jading after you've done that maybe two or three times on the same level because there's just some fiddly parts and it's fiddly on purpose and that's fine. Um, and most levels actually don't have this issue, but there's a couple where you do have it. You don't have a checkpoint where you perhaps need one, and it just leads to the levels becoming a little bit tiring as a result. And as I mentioned, you do get more set pieces, more uh, game parts, more vehicles introduced, and different level uh, locations and the like, and therefore um, background objects and uh, backgrounds in general as a whole. Um, so that always does lead to it having a nice bit of variety, but sometimes even just the levels that do incorporate these new elements are still just the same train levels at core. And by the end of the game, a lot of the puzzles, aside from the ones which are super interesting because of their um, the material within them, like mentioned, um, there's quite a lot of them that just stack up to get water tanks, 
We're now going to put you in a place where you have to precariously balance the water tanks when they're really heavy. Good luck. Um, and that's all the level boils down to is just get the water tanks, balance, get them to where they need to be, let them go, do it all over again, rinse and repeat. And yeah, Tiresome describes that pretty well. And while the main gameplay mechanic is still fun, you feel like you're doing the same thing back to back a couple times. That is a shame. And that was really my main complaint of what was otherwise a really cozy experience. Once again, that's one I'm going to keep using. And well, apparently the cassette was cozy too, according to that last track. But uh, all of this meticulous crafting of this world just leads to what has been one of the most relaxing games I've played for a while, even despite some of the harder levels like I mentioned. Some of them do get pretty tough, especially trying to reach the time limits because some of them are time-based because of course you're a train, you kind of need to get there within a limit. Not all of them are, some of them are just pure puzzle, but there is an element of arcadiness in it thanks to um, there's medals per track, so you know you can get different times. Uh, you want to go the quickest of course. Some of them are just get point A to point B though, but those, those levels that do have uh, the timer in can be really strict and you don't only need a bronze rank to advance and therefore each one gives you so each one gives you a medal but it's not like gold silver bronze it is within the time attack mode but bronze equals just one medal silver equals two gold equals three and you need these collectibles to move on throughout the game needing a grand total in the final world of 180 or somewhere around there 150 maybe uh to reach the credits so there is this incentive to go back and keep time trialing these levels. You don't have to, you can just go through and play as many levels as you want. But if you don't want to get into the hard ones, there is this element of going back to the easy ones and time trialing them instead and perfecting them. And I love that about it. That's another brilliant element of its design in my opinion because I actually went back and time attacked the hardest levels because there was this real skill ceiling in them that did feel fair once you learn what to do. Because after a while, it was just inputting those actions, executing the things you did learn how to do, and you got it 100% of the time. It was just learning the way the game wanted you to do it, rather than feeling it was this unfair, um, this this unfair challenge out of nowhere. It was this. It, it did actually feel like a natural progression of all of the skills you've learned throughout the game. Here they are, all in these final couple of levels. Um, but once again, you can completely avoid them if you want, but they're the ones I chose to time attack because they were the most satisfying to play and I had a great time with them um, and I did that for other levels as well just to get my medal counter over the limit and then I finished it. But all in all, a very nice experience. It's just a chill take on a high score, low time, you know what I mean? Get the high score but get the uh, lowest time on the time possible. It's a nice take on that type of genre as well as just the cargo moving simulator. Yeah, perfect stuff. Uh, not perfect stuff, but really good. I'd recommend it for everything that it is, especially since, like I mentioned, most people, if you have PS Plus, would have just redeemed it anyway and got it free, and therefore, there you go. Um, you don't need PS Plus to play the game itself, but, um, you know, if you got the game through PS Plus, than you need. So what I mean is, you don't need PS Plus to engage in Dreams, but of course if you got Dreams through PS Plus, then you need PS Plus to play it. 
So you can play Trent and many other experiences through the game without having to have that, which is really nice. So if you want to go out and buy it, the disc is, yeah, about £5, I think, was all I paid for mine. And I'm sure you could get it way less uh, with a battered and bruised copy or uh, any other way of getting it as well. Maybe game sharing with friends, etc. And for that, I'd absolutely recommend it. If this had come out right at the beginning of Dreams, um, it would have been a nice proof of concept for the platform, of course. If I can't say, I'd be like, oh yeah, this is £30 right here, just go and drop it. But... With the state and the price point of entry that it's at currently, I'd say this is an experience absolutely worth your time. It only clocks around 5 to 10 hours, but they were 5 to 10 hours that I thoroughly enjoyed. They were um, one of the top 10 vibes this year in gaming for me. I don't even know what that means, but I don't know. I keep using the same descriptor words because they're the descriptor words the game uses and they're really the only ones that come to mind for it, but it's just perfect. It's just this warm feeling encapsulated in a game and its beautiful presentation. Uh, give it a go if you can, otherwise uh, keep enjoying the music and keep enjoying the show, because that's exactly what we're here for, to give you a little bit of a taste of what you could be enjoying in the game itself. So let's enjoy Lost in Transit, followed by Up Trenpo, and then we'll come back and we'll talk to you all, the lovely audience, about what you've been playing this last week and what you've generally been up to. And remember, you're listening to Vipers VGM Chair, and we're live here on the KNGI Network.
and we are back. That was up Trenpo there, and before that, lost in transit. And now we're back and just chatting about anything and everything. So, yeah, you know the usual question: What have you been up to? How's it been? How's the week been going? Um, what you've been listening to? Anything else there and in between? It's just time for the old catch up here on tonight's episode. Anyways, what have I been up to since I posed the question first? Um, really not a whole lot of anything. As you can guess by the upgrade in microphone quality somewhat, I've travelled home and therefore I'm back at my usual setups. So that's been lovely and um, aside from that, <laughs> not really much. I've been staying back home trying to save money since after all I'm away this weekend. So. Uh, that makes the most sense to me, so that's exactly what I've been doing. Uh, while I've been inside though, I have been mostly sleeping, uh, to be honest with you. It's become quite a problem in the last couple of weeks, but I've been playing a bit of Pikmin 4. Got that finished off on Sunday, but still continuing through, because if you know anything about Pikmin 4, you know that the end is far from the end, and that's indeed what's been happening on my end. But Aside from that, uh, Forza Motorsport launched on Monday technically, uh, thank you New Zealand for having me for those 12 hours, it was very nice, and it's taken a while to get used to so far. It's a very different game in comparison to the first seven, which tend to be very similar, with minor and usually worse changes to each other. Um, it's all downhill after four, as I've alluded to on that show before. This one is the first one in a long time that makes some really drastic changes to the systems and just about the way everything works, it flips it on its head, and the result is mostly good. There's some things that are really time-wasty in there that I hope they crack down on either in updates or whenever they get around to another one, but uh, in particular, the uh, there's now a practice mode introduced, which you have to technically do within before every single race in the career mode. You can skip it, though. The game never tells you this but they said it on Twitter, you can skip it using the skip button, which you get by pausing and hitting the exit button. And th there, there it is. Uh, why that's not explained to you, and why that's not just an option in the pause menu, or even before you go into practice mode, I don't know, but then you have to do a, two sets of loads for what is one level. Or what, for what is one race that you just want to do without the practice. That's a little bit irritating, in my opinion, so... Hope they get around to changing how that works. Uh, it's got like an RPG leveling system for the car, so you want to grind, um, you know, driving with each car, driving well and doing lots of races uh, to get up to the max level. You're really rewarded for actually sticking in the same vehicle. And in general, progression is way slower than uh, what is noted for the other games, which is, you know, normally cars get thrown at you left, right and centre and you're already in something quite powerful not long into the game. It's not like that here. Um, cars are very much cherry-picked for you. And you have to grind away until you can uh, climb the ranks to get up further. Kind of how it's handled in Gran Turismo, but even more grindy than that, I'd say. And that's always infamous for you being stuck in a bad car for like five hours until eventually you start getting into the good leagues. And, you know, for a lot of people, that's how they like it. And I'm still at a deciding. It, as I say, it, different is not always worse, not always better. Different. So I think I like it, but. I'm just getting to grips with all of the changes in systems. It's very weird, but that was one I was really looking forward to. Uh, even more of that to come, though, because Sonic Superstars on Tuesday, Mario Wonder on Friday. I'm not interested in Spider-Man 2 personally, but I know that's going to be hell for people who are. Uh, I will be at some point down the line, but still need to finish the first one, and by the time I actually probably would get around to the second one, I know 
ports only have like a six month turning around time on PC ports and stuff. Now looking at Horizon Forbidden West and um, what was it? Oh, what was the other one that came to PC recently? Um, Lost was part one. That was it. Uh, so there's a pretty quick turnaround time. So uh, I'm sure by the time I actually got around, it would be interested in Spider-Man. It'll be on there and therefore cheaper on whichever console I'd want to buy it on. So. There's not exactly a rush for that one, so I'll enjoy Super Mario Wonder to the fullest uh, next Friday. But yeah, lots of stuff in October, even more in November, but October's already stacked. So uh, I've been trying to spend as much time with Forza where I can and also dipping in and out of Pikmin 4 where possible. Um, so it's a lot of juggling right now. Finished Pokemon Scarlet on stream, speaking of juggling, and the text Pikachu should start soon, but I don't know if I have that much free time in my schedule next week, so that might make things even harder. And I just want to begin that, because wouldn't you know it, I just got one on Friday. Oh, sorry, I just got two on Friday. Um, so I can't even start that until I finish streaming the first one, which will take a matter of probably a month or two, to be honest. So, yeah, really interesting experience. Uh, not much time for what is a lot of things to look forward to. So I don't know how everyone else is feeling about that right now. But yeah, it's stuffed uh, these last couple of months in gaming, so... I had to get trending when I could as well, so that's that's why it only ended up being played at the end of last month. Um, once again, I had to wait to be able to get access to my PS5 before. And also for it to cool down, because I was playing it on the PS4 Pro, and that thing... I, I thought the PS5 was a space heat, but good lord, uh, trying to play that when it was 30 degrees in the living room already, because it was a heatwave, and, <laughs> and the PS4 blasting was unbearable. So that was another factor, because the PS5 would have been nearly similar in temperature level, so... Glad I waited that one out. Um, yeah, anyways, uh, let's see what we've had down in the chat room in regards to everything. Uh, yeah, so we had uh, Pocket Larry saying, Hasn't been a very play-heavy week. The plan was to play Sonic Superstar, oh, sorry, Sonic Frontiers DLC on the run-up to Superstars, and then play Mario Wonder after that. Unfortunately, that fell through. Yeah, uh, I can imagine why that fell through, um, based on conversations. That, that I don't really know what they... Uh, what they were thinking there, to be completely honest with you. Um, but, eh. They, they still went through with it. Here's hoping the patch comes out, eh? Um, but, yeah, still. Superstars should be great, and Marijuana should be amazing, so you're hopefully in safe hands there anyway. I've been messing about with the RG35XX <laughs> a bit more. Downloaded all my DOS games from GOG and packaged them up and put them on the thing. I did play a bit of Sonic 3 Complete earlier. It's been a Jim Leader Larry kind of day, so I wanted something I had to turn my brain off and play. Work do be kind of sucking though, can't lie. So um, yeah, you always need that comfort game to hop into, don't you? And Sonic 3, I know, definitely in that case is the one for you, but uh, I've not played Sonic 3 in ages. I really wanted to play some of the classics again before Superstars because when I went to the Sonic Symphony last month, um, even though I've played those games to death, and in fact, I played one and CD a couple of times each back in June when Origins Plus launched, there was still part of me watching the gameplay on screen and I was going, oh, I really need to play these again as if I've not played them tens and tens of times to this point in the last couple of years, like 10 plus times each. <laughs> it's, it's pretty bad of me, and yeah, here I am still contemplating it, so who knows when that will happen, but yeah, you absolutely need those sorts of games, so get that 100%. So, hopefully things are improving for you there. Uh, Purvis mentioned the closest contemporary by the sounds of it is Spirit Tracks, and I hate that that's true, because I genuinely think it is. If you played Spirit Tracks and like it, if you want Spirit Tracks without the Zelda, uh, there you go, I guess. <laughs> 
Uh, and Aleri asked as well, which one do I prefer, Forza Motorsport or Gran Turismo 7? See, that's tough, because... I prefer elements of both, but generally I tend to lean more towards the Forza side of things, um, and the ecosystem of it as well is always nicer for me. Um, having been more on the Xbox side previously, nowadays with that meaning I get both a PC version and an Xbox version so I can take it wherever I go. That made me lean more towards that, because one of the big sticking points of Gran Turismo was every time I got into it I couldn't move my save back between the PS4 and 5 versions, even though I own both, because uh, that's just Sony's thing. Uh, and you miss out on the adaptive triggers and everything on PS4, whereas you get a complete feature parity between the two. So that's like a big thing. It just supports my lifestyle right now, which is moving between places and not always having the same devices. So I think for that, even if it wasn't, I would adapt to that being my favorite just because of that. It makes life so much easier. Even despite that, um, I think the way it handles its economy uh, is way nicer. It does still have microtransactions there as far as I know, but Actually, I don't know if it does. I didn't see any options to buy them, but maybe it does have an option to add credits, because that's always historically been a thing. But even despite that, I, it feels way less weighted around that than uh, Gran Turismo does. I think its presentation's a real step in the right direction for the first time in ages as well, because Forza's presentation's always been pretty laughable since 4, I think. Um, so, I don't know. There, there's swings and, uh, it swings and roundabouts, because there's a lot to both um, to counterbalance each one. I know a lot of people will prefer Gran Turismo 7, that's perfectly fine, I think that's the general consensus I've seen, but I don't know, I'm willing to adapt to these new systems because it's always nice to see change and um, play something different, so the car PG has been surprising for me so far and I, I hope I'll continue to enjoy it, but yeah, it's really difficult to give an answer right now because it's so radically different. I'm sure there's other simulators like it, but I don't tend to play them all that much because I tend to stick to the same thing that I know because, uh, you say it again for the millionth time, background noise games, sometimes you just need something to occupy, you don't need something in depth or uh, that really scratches certain itches and has specific features because I just want something to kind of turn my brain off with. Um, so, but even despite that, sometimes it is nice to have that slight change um, in scenery, that slight twist up just to keep things fresh. Hoping Motorsport is playable on deck, it's always a weird situation with those, uh, the best way to play it on deck is probably Xbox Cloud Gaming to be completely honest with you and that's still something I've not tried yet but if you had a decent enough connection it worked really well for Horizon 5, I put in some time into that uh, previously, that was my way of playing it. I know natively I struggled to get 4 and 5 running, but never tried any of the motorsports because I've never had any of them on Steam, so <laughs> it made it a bit difficult. And likewise, I don't have um, I don't have motorsport on Steam either because there's no cross progression. Otherwise, that would be my way of buying it. I don't like the Microsoft Store all that much, so uh, using it I only do if I have something on PC Game Pass. Therefore, and don't want to pay the fifty pound, for example, in the case of this, to get it again. Uh, or the lack of cross-progression, which this also applies to, so that kind of sucks, but um, it keeps me in their Microsoft ecosystem, I guess, so that's exactly what they want of me. Um, I'm consuming at a top level right now. Yeah, um, that's really where I stand on that. I can't give anything too definitive, but I'm sure maybe uh, as we talk about what we played in October, the conversation will come up again and I might be able to tell you a little bit more about it. But right now, really boring answer, 
I don't know, but I'm leaning towards liking it as a whole, but I couldn't tell you if I like it more than GT7. <laughs> there we go then. Right, let's have some more music for you, because we are here for Tren after all, and let's get back on track with Plens, Trends, and Automobiles, followed by Liquid Lunch, and finally Spring Loaded. And when we're done, we'll be ending off tonight's episode here on Vipers VGM Show, and I'll tell you what we're getting up to next week, as well as what you can expect in the coming seven days from yours truly. Enjoy the tunes, and I'll speak with you in a few moments' time.
Looking for more? Download past episodes of Viper's VGM Chur on KNGI.org and all good podcasting services. Tonight's episode of Vipers VGM Chur, a three-track block for you there. Uh, kicking things off with plans, trends, and automobiles. Afterwards, liquid launch, and finally, spring loaded. All from the Trend Tracks original soundtrack. And that was it for tonight's episode. So I want to give a huge thank you to everyone who's been tuned in, no matter where you are listening, whether you've been lurking, listening on the podcast, in the chat room, or other social media services. No matter what, a huge thanks to you, regardless. So then, what have we got coming up on next week's show? A great question, and you might have heard me talking a little bit about Pikmin 4. Uh, Well, recently, I go around playing it, of course. It's been out for ages, but I thought it'd be perfect timing, considering we've had this week's cosy gaming uh, to kick us off into the autumn, even despite the fact it's 25 degrees outside today. Um, Ignoring that, uh, we've had a nice little start to some of these autumn shows. Let's continue with chill one in Pikmin 4 so come along next week as I'll talk to you about the game and play some of the great music from the soundtrack aside from that I'll be not live on Friday night <laughs> why is this so difficult to say I'll not be live on Friday night when Vi- nope, Pick and Mix takes to the air as we discussed the Sonic Misfits at long last Sonic Rivals 2 Sonic Battle and Sonic Free Riders all on the cards as well as discussing my upcoming attendance of Sonic FanFest the day after, and I'm sure many other topics relating to the blue blur in what is part two of three of the quote Sonic Spam, as uh, the week after will be none other than Sonic Superstars, so look forward to that one. Aside from that, you can catch me on all the usual places, I'm at the Green Viper almost everywhere, so that's where you can find me, including on Discord, 
Uh, so come and hop along and enjoy the fun, no matter where it is you choose to catch me, because uh, I'm sure I'll be up to something somewhat fun in the coming seven days. So yeah, that's really about all I've got to say though. Um, thanks once again for listening, and I'll leave you with Once Upon a Time in the Attic, once more from Tren. Have a good rest of your week, or I'll catch you on Friday, uh, but otherwise if I don't get to speak to anyone again before then, or even during then, because I probably won't be checking my phone all that much at 7pm on a Friday uh, when I'm out enjoying myself, so be sure to have a good one, thank you for listening, I'll catch up with you all soon, but have a great rest of your week, and as always, thank you for joining me on the current instalment of my VGM chair. been listening to Vipers VGM part of the KNGI network visit kngi.org for more great gaming content